Hello, and thank you for listening to Reading by Flashlight. I'm Allison, and today we're going to be going over chapters 51 through 55 of Daughter of the Deep, Rick Riordan's new book. And before we go into the actual book and talking about it, I'd encourage you to listen to previous episodes if you haven't already, because we don't want you to witness any spoilers. But without further ado, let's get into the book. So chapter 51 starts off exactly where chapter 50 left off, where Anna's gathered everybody together and they're going to discuss what they're going to do because they're going to war. They're going back to Lincoln base and they're going to get their friends back. They have to do it. There's no possible alternative. Well, there is, but we're not going to mention it. So they go over everything. They go over every possible scenario, things that they think Dev will do. They come up with a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and probably every other letter of the alphabet. And Anna puts her part of the plan into it, her strategy, or more specifically, she calls it her octopus in the hole. And yeah, this obviously has something to do with the octopus we met the last couple of chapters. So three hours later, they're on the bridge. All stations are being manned. They've repaired the systems as best as they could without docking facilities. They've got all their torpedoes and their shields up. And best of all, our special cargo has been loaded into the sheath along the ship's belly. Hmm, I wonder what that is. And then Esther and Robbie return, and they're both in dive suits and suits, and they're dripping wet. And Robbie's like, that was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And Esther's like, you mean the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your entire life? And then Jim's like, well, don't celebrate yet. The extra weight's going to make it impossible for us to use the cab drive. And Elena's like, I heard that. And don't you go bad-mouthing my engine, Spider-Man. They'll be just fine. Captain, we're waiting on your orders. And Anna takes her chair and she straps herself in with the newly modified seatbelt. Because of, you know, cab drive, bonk, heads. You know, you're going to want a seatbelt with that. So Anna says, all hands, this is the captain. We've worked hard for this moment. You all know your jobs. We can do this. Assuming our course is plotted correctly and someone yells, it is. Okay, they're ready. Jim's like, the cab drive is going to make us light up like an explosion. And Anna's like, let's not talk about explosions right now. I'll need quick targeting resolution when we arrive, Mr. Twain. March the locust. And he's like, all right, captain. So yeah, everything's set. They're going on. They're setting up the engine room, the helm. They punch cab drive and boom. This time, thankfully, Anna remains conscious so she can actually watch what's happening. And, you know, they're going super fast, G-Force style. And she's like, engine room, you guys okay? And they're like, we're normal. No injuries down here. Told you we could handle it. And so Anna starts to talk to the Nautilus because last time it got kind of grumpy after cab drive. So she's trying to keep it from going ballistic. Then Halema says, we've got five minutes to termination. And Esther's like, can we please not call it that? And Leanne's like, destination? Esther's like, good. Destinations are good. Jim's like, weapons are online. Scan for targets. And Anna's like, evasive course. Activate camouflage. 30 degree starboard. Blah, 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 blah. And Leanne's like, that was our payload deploying. And Esther says, is the payload okay? Hmm. I think I know what the payload is. And then Virgil yells, contact, one kilometer, 12 o'clock, depth, 10 meters, it's Aramax. They're right between us and Lincoln Base. They're already back at Lincoln Base. They've already traveled 5,000 miles, I think it was. And she's like, we didn't really expect Dev to leave his guard down, even after a week. But still, the purple arrowhead, 
no. And his tac Jim's tactical display makes her hesitate to too long, and the second smaller blip comes out of nowhere right in front of us. And Jim shouts, Torpedo in the water! And Anna starts to yell, Light and Frost! But the Nautilus lurches forward and almost jolting Anna's head from her neck. Chapter 52, everyone's yelling and screaming, and Halima yells, Power's down! And Dev's voice comes back over the speaker, and he says, Welcome back, Nautilus. Stand bound and prepare to be boarded. And Anna hurriedly starts to talk to the Nautilus. She's like, come on, Nautilus, engine room, how is plan C? And Elena's like, we're a little bit busy down here. I managed to hit the kill switch before impact. Reactor's down, but hopefully our circuits aren't fried. If we can just, if we can just, aha! And the engine starts to hum and everything's back. And Elena's like, yes, we have power. She's like, eat coal, Aranax. And the bridge is going up in whoops and cheers and plan C Stands for coal, I guess. So their Victorian backup generator won't give them nearly as much power as cold fusion, but it's still better than nothing. And so then Elena starts about how they need coal to shovel. And then Robbie, who's the guy with the bad allergies, is like, I'm the one shoveling and I think I'm allergic to it. Okay, now they're going to try to send in a torpedo. They're like, Torpedo 1, are you ready? We're ready. Take the Aeronomax midship. Fire! And then one of their antique missiles speed into the depths of the sea. And Virgil's like, they weren't expecting that. I'm getting enemy chatter on the comp. So he puts it on speaker and Dev is shouting orders and six or seven, seven other people are like all replying at once. And Anna's like, Dev got overconfident. He figured that we would probably just putter out over our, his skiff and take command of our dead ship. Now he's caught between the Aramax and us and we're very much alive. And Anna's like, okay, make ready torpedo two. And Jim's like, that's our last one. And Anna's like, yeah, but they don't know that. Ooh. And then Nalina breaks in. She's like, hey, Captain, we're stressing the old choo-choo engine. Maybe you take it easy on the fancy maneuvers. And Anna's like, we just need it a little bit longer. And then Jim yells, Captain, there's a torpedo in the water. And they work on dodging it. I don't know what you call it underwater. Do you still call it dodging? Anyway, they dodge it, but Jim's like, if that thing had hit us... And Anna's like, he didn't need to spell it out. Somebody on the bridge of the Aeronimax is getting angry or possibly panicked. With or without Dev's permission, they are shooting to kill. And then they're heading back towards the Aeronimax, and Anna chooses to speak over the speaker. And she says, Aeronimax, this is Captain Anna Dakar of the Nautilus. Stand down or you will be destroyed. And there's silence. And Dev's voice comes on, and he's like, Nice try, sis, but right now, I'm the only one over here trying to keep you alive. The next shot won't be to cripple. It'll send you all to the bottom. Nautilus crew, you know who I am. I'm the senior Dakar family member. The ship belongs to me, so stand down. And Anna tells Virgil to cut the lines, and Jim turns, and he's like, They're opening forward tubes for them. Four torpedoes. They can't take that. And then Anna's like, Laden frost shields. Fire forward laden cannon. All this torpedo nonsense and helen is like the helm's unresponsive and jim's like the laden frost is inoperative and elena's like no i told you anna i need more time and anna's like we need more power but we don't have either and on jim's display a purple triangle of the aranax looms closer and dev's skiff hovers a few hundred meters off the port side waiting to loot the carcass of our ship and then a string of four smaller blips appear from the aranax prow we are about to be dead in the water literally and right before they're about to collide, Anna slaps her hand on the armrest and she yells, Nautilus, emergency dive, forward vents. And this is chapter 53. So the Nautilus decides to move and they get out of the way, but it doesn't take much energy and they sink like a rock. 
because they don't have enough power to continue. And Jim's like, all weapons are offline. No shielding, no home control. We're de at a depth of 42 meters, and I've only got analog readings, but the anorax, and she's like, oh, there she is. And Anna's like, she's not looking at her controls, she's looking at the window. And for the first time, they get to see the enemy sub in person. So it's about 50 meters away, and it's clear blue water, so they can see everything clearly. And the Aranimax is looming over them. And it looks to be a bit smaller than the Nautilus, so it looks much more dangerous, like a black triangle of death with zero sonar profile. And it doesn't look like it took any damage from their torpedo. And Anna's like, can you pick guys pick anything up? And they put some garbled voices over the line, like there's Dev yelling, there's a woman's voice yelling, and like there's a bunch of stuff yelling and static. And Anna's like, engine room, you guys got a status, and there's no answer. And, okay, so Dev snaps at his comrade on the Aranax bridge, and he says, boarding party on our approach again, back off, Karen! I don't know if that's her actually name or what, because then it says, Karen's exasperated sigh could ignite kindling. If the Nautilus tries any more tricks, I will blast her to pieces, whether or not you're on board. Oof. And I mean, they can't do anything about it. They're stuck. They're, everything's offline in the Nautilus. So Anna's like, just prepare for boarding and issue lighting guns to any of the crew still willing and able to fight. We'll have to... And then she's like, wait. And then Esther's like, What? And she reaches over to, like, the windows and looks. And Romeo's tentacles are wrapping around the Aranax and pulling her into a giant hug. And our comms are filling with screams from the enemy sub. Ha ha ha! And then Nalena's voice goes back over the speaker. And she's like, Captain, still in that full power butt. And then she looks and she's like, oh, yes, baby, that's my cephalopod. And they see these, like, tendrils on the Aranax, and Jim's like, I bet they're trying to electrify their hole right about now. And yep, they do it. And Anna's like, Nautilus, open a channel, please. And then Anna says, Aranax, this is Anna Dakar. You need to abandon ship immediately. And Dev's like, Anna, what is that? What have you... And then there's an explosion in Anna's gut. And Romeo snaps Aranax like gingerbread. And fire and sea are churning together. And there's giant silvery bubbles, some with people inside of them, that are going towards the surface. And Romeo has broken the submarine. So the crew is hoots and hollering, and, but Anna doesn't feel like celebrating. Because they haven't really won anything if they are taking more lives. And Anna says, Esther, gather the orcas. Suit up, go down there for rescue operations. See if you can get Romeo to stand down. And she's like, I can do that. And Leanne says, but they're Land Institute, the people who destroyed our entire school. And Anna says, yes, and we're going to save them because we are not Land Institute. Leanne, go with them to help. So she's like, okay. And then Halima comes up and she's like, Captain, the enemy skiff has veered off. Picking up survivors? And Halima's like, no, they're heading for the mouth of the underwater tunnel. So I guess Dev is trying to escape with whoever else is on it with him, the skiff. And I guess they're going to try to go back to Lincoln Base, keep them hostage so they can use their lives as leverage. And Anna's checking Jim's readout, and she's like, can we disable them? And Jim's like, cannons are still offline, besides it's too late. And the is like, our people are going to be guarded. When Dev arrives, he'll dig in at a standoff. Anna says, which is why we got to attack now, before he has time to regroup. But Jim's like, Anna, the Nautilus is in no condition. And Anna says, the Nautilus stays here. 
Nautilus, I've got to try to save our people. If anything happens to me, protect your crew. They're your family now, whether they're Dakar or not. And Helen is like, you think the Nautilus is going to listen to us? And Anna says, absolutely. And she gives him orders. And she's like, we're going after Dev. We're going to end this. Get all the guns you can carry. And then Jim smiles and he's like, I thought you'd never ask. And chapter 54, Jim packs light. He only brings his regular side arms, a laden pistol, and a laden rifle, and a bunch of high-tech grenades he found who knows where. But he doesn't have a flamethrower this time, and he hasn't dismantled the giant cannon to lug it along in either. So it's only a little bit of restraint for him. And Anna only brings a laden pistol and her dive knife. And they zip towards Lincoln Base following the locust sphere guidance system and Jim's like they've had a week to set up new defenses they could be contact mines in the tunnels lasers or but then Anna's like but maybe but at the speed that Dev is racing through it and Jim's like yeah but Dev tends to play an offensive game so let's keep our eyes peeled anyway and Anna forgets that Dev was Jim's house captain so they probably knew each other a lot too it wasn't just Anna and that was upset about it probably Jim was upset about it too because he and Dev we're friends and yeah and Anna says when we get there our first priority is to save the hostages and Jim's like if they're alive and Anna's like they will be they have to be otherwise Dev wouldn't be racing back to the base we gotta do whatever's needed to free them but don't use lethal force unless we have to and Jim scowls and he's like define have to and she's like Jim and he's like I'm kidding mostly and um the skiff comes right towards them out of nowhere and sends this whatever sort of missile from it and Anna's like eject and then they yell and a second before they get out they see it it's like a black wedge bristling with weapons like the spine of a porcupine fish and it's only 50 feet away from them and behind it in the pilot seat is her brother so Jim and Anna climb out of whatever they're in, which I have no idea because it never explained. They're already in dive suits and they just they just jump. And they sail right over Dev's stern. But before he can turn to face him, Jim he shoulders his laden rifle and fires two rounds straight into the propulsion system. And basically their propeller freezes, they're deprived of power, so their sub begins to sink. And Jim's like, should we try and pull out the crew? And Anna's like, hostages are more important. We gotta keep going. And Anna's like, we should probably go under the dock to come up behind them. And he's like, got it. But Land Institute sends more trouble. Apparently, they're feeling like kids on Christmas morning. We're their presents, and they want to open us right now. The gunfire stops. Two divers plunge feet first into the water right on top of us, engulfing us in a tornado of bubbles. Chapter 55, and Anna's like, underwater hand-to-hand combat is the worst. It's like trying to fight someone to the death while wearing one of those inflatable sumo wrestler costumes. Your movements are slow, cumbersome, and ridiculous. You can't get any muscle behind your punches and your kicks. But since we can't zap our enemies point-blank underwater without zapping ourselves, Jim and I don't have much of a choice. And the nearest diver tries to jab at Anna with her knife. And, of course, it's hard to move, so... The sharp edge rips her fabric of the suit and grazes her ribs. And yeah, salt water and open wounds are not really a good combination to have. So yeah, that probably didn't feel good. And to Anna's left, there's the sound of bubbles and angry grunts telling her that Jim's fighting the second diver. And she doesn't really have time to spare a glance. So while her enemy is focused on trying to stab her in the face, she gropes around for her knife but before the diver realizes what's happening, she unsheaths her blade and stabs him in 
the v BC vest. And she's like, I didn't have the strength to wound him seriously, but that wasn't her goal. She just punctured the air bladder, punctured what's a vest air bladder. Okay. And my opponent is blinded by bubbles, and he starts to stink, instinctively releasing my wrist and flailing for balance. And she kicks him in the face for good measure. Good job. And basically, she goes to help Jim, but Jim is currently in a headlock, and the second LI diver is trying to pop Jim's helmet off. And so she squeezes a burst of speed from her boots and zips towards them, but she slams right into the diver's steel, steel air tank, which hurts her more than it hurts him. But at least she got his attention, and so the driver turns to face her. Then, something, a large silver blur, slams into him with such force he seems to teleport 60 feet away in the blink of an eye. Socrates has entered the chat. I told you, I told you, Socrates is going to be the hero, okay? And guess what? He brought friends. So while Socrates is headbutting people, the other bottlenose dolphins are descending on the other guy who picked the wrong moment to reappear. He's like, it must be terrifying to have three large marine animals jump you all at once. The dolphins welcome him to the neighborhood with an extreme tail fin smackdown. And then Jim's like, I really love those dolphins. And Anna's like, dolphins are the best, much better than sharks. And he's like, I didn't say that. And then Jim says, oh, you're hurt. And Anna's like, I'm fine. And he's like, that cloud of blood that's pluming from your suit says otherwise. And she's like, don't worry about it. You need to get going. So, you know, she gives a thank you in sign language to Socrates, whether he notices or not. He's still playing and slapping people with his fins. So Jim and Anna jet back off to the dock and they surface cautiously, making sure that there's no one around, you know. And Jim draws his gun and they guard each other while they're trying to get to the nearest ladder. And he's like, we really need to bandage that. And he kind of looks around to see if he has anything that they can use to, like, I don't know what you call it, to staunch it? I'm going to check. Okay, I'm back. Yes, it's called staunching something. So he takes off the top part of his diver suit, you know, to where you zip it up. into, And then he rips off the section of his, like, sleeve, kind of, to use it as a bandage. And he's like, we can wrap this around your... And she's like... Jim, I'm not trying to kill your gallant night vibe or anything, but there's a first aid kit in that cabinet right there. And she points to one of Luca's many supply lockers. And he's like, he looks at his now ruined t-shirt and he's like, I knew that. Yep, totally. He knew that, of course. And then Jim's like, okay, he fixes it on her wherever she got hit. And then he's like, good enough. Tie off the bandages and let's go. Hey guys, before you go move on to your next podcast or eat your lunch, make sure to check out the bio of the episode where you can find a link to support this podcast. And whether or not you choose to support, just make sure to check out the bio in general because there's lots of information there on what each episode is going to be about, what chapters we'll be going over the next week, and also the link to send in a voice message. So thank you for listening to this week's episode and make sure to come back next week where we'll be going over chapters 56 through 60 
of Daughter of the Deep, Rick Riordan's new book. And thanks again for listening. And if you have any friends or family that you think might be interested in this book or interested in this podcast in general, make sure to point them towards this podcast. Um, Thanks again for listening and see you next week. Thank <music> you.